We're glad you could join us for episode 88 of Fatalist. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, and we are excited to finally be back talking Lost Girl. Wayne, this episode did not disappoint. No, it was a good episode. It was exciting. All kinds of stuff happening. I could barely type fast enough. Yeah, I know. And so many storylines going on, but but there was clearly cohesion. And, you know, we'll get to all that, uh, you know, in just a bit. Uh, we'd love to hear from you listeners via email at fatalistpodcast at gmail.com, uh, website fatalist.podbean.com, where you can leave a voicemail via the speak pipe tab or just record your own audio clip and send the MP3 as an attachment. Tonight, we're here to discuss season five premiere of Lost Girl starring Anna Silk. Chris Holden Reed, Zoe Palmer, and perhaps Cassini Solo. Yeah, maybe just but, guest starring Cassini yeah, Solo. Yeah, but before we get to that, Wayne, do we care that most of our shows have gone into a mid season hiatus ranging anywhere from six weeks to three months? You know, this you still upset me, I guess. <laughs> but now well, I kind of see it as like a, like a, a break. Yeah, you know, I do too, to be quite honest. And, and at first it upset me. But now I'm good. You know, it almost it gives me a chance to pull out some of the DVD sets that I've had on hold because I just don't have time. And uh, yeah, so I'm I'm kind of liking it. Yeah, I can finally finish up the wire for one. You know, things like that. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I remember like the the really big thing was with that first season of Revolution, and it just seems so crazy that they a show that was trying to establish itself still. So, you know, was taking this massive break. But I guess now, ever since then, it's, like, commonplace. You know, like, everyone does it, and so now it just doesn't seem like a big deal so much anymore. And certainly, yeah. with how much you have to wait between seasons of Doctor Who, you know, four months is, like, nothing, it seems. Yeah, true. Now, like you said, The Wire, and a lot of the cable series, you are waiting, in many cases, nine to ten months. But, you know, for the networks, it's becoming uh, pretty commonplace. And, and, you know, I like what Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is doing, that in their hiatus, they're throwing out a new show, Agent Carter. So, you know, we'll see. Maybe other shows will do that, especially genre shows. Yeah, you can just throw a little spin off there, see how it goes. Bada boom, bada bing. Yeah. So, all right, well, listen, in sci-fi news... Uh, this is some news that I'm not sure how I missed it, but BBC America announced about a week or so ago that a number of cast additions to their hit clone Spiracy, I wish I could take credit for that, Orphan Black. Well, Cassinia Solo is one of them. And obviously we know her as Kenzie on the showcase sci-fi series Lost Girl. She is going to play Shay, who's described as a soulful and compassionate, holistic healer with a great sense of humor, destined to become a new friend to Cosima Niehaus. So that sounds pretty cool. And also joining the Orphan Black cast for its third season will be Shameless star Justin Chatwin as a savvy drug-dealing businessman, True Blood alum James Frain as a charming and intimidating cleaner, Warehouse 13 vet Kira Harper as a ruthless military doctor, and Murdoch Mysteries actor Earl Pascoe as the frightening personal bodyguard for Frayne's character. So a lot of scary dudes and uh, chicks, it sounds like. So Yeah, a lot of good actors there, so it should be, yeah. should be pretty cool. Yeah, and then in the news that we've been waiting nearly six months to hear, Showcase in Canada announced last night that sci-fi thriller Continuum will be renewed for its fourth and final season, which will begin filming in March of 2015. Now, that's the good news, Wayne. The not-so-good news is that we're only going to receive six episodes to bring to a close one of the most complex science fiction television shows to ever air. The Shaw Media release touted the show's critical acclaim as well as its strength in the ever-important ratings arena, so it's especially puzzling to see the show end. So I guess we should be glad we're getting six, but it'd be nice to get a full 12. Yeah, well, maybe with the uh, you know, the DVD release, we'll, we'll get some answers as to the mysteries of this whole process of why it took so long and why, despite their praising the ratings and everything, they're only giving it six seasons and essentially canceling it. Yeah, and, and it'll be interesting to see how they handle bringing it to a close. I mean, you know, shows like Firefly, where they really didn't get closure, did get a movie. And, you know, there certainly was with, uh, with Farscape, the Peacekeeper Wars, which, you know, added some closure. So it'll be interesting to see what they do here. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if... Uh 
Yeah, you know, unless Continuum starts pulling in some of that uh, Netflix numbers, uh, I'm not sure they got the numbers to really warrant a movie. No, I agree. Yeah. So, all right. Now, in listener mailbag this week, we did get uh, one response to a tweet that I sent out asking whether or not the Lost Girl fans did a rewatch in anticipation of season five. And Robert Barr, who's been uh, a frequent contributor to keeping our tweets alive by retweeting, favoriting, things like that. And he said, Dave and Wayne, I did rewatch the season four finale. And as big a Lost Girl fan as I am, season four was a bit of a letdown, including the finale. But I have serious hope for season five. So, you know, Robert, I think we're the same way. And if the premiere was any indication, we're off for a, we're off to a good start. Definitely. So So looking forward to it, Robert, thank you for helping out the show, helping out the cause. Yep. All right. Well, speaking of helping out the cause, before we get to the episode at large, uh, you've got some Project X yeah, stuff for us. a little Project X. I've, I've heard you clamoring for it. I mean, people haven't actually been clamoring for it, but I know deep down in your hearts you were missing Project X. So I figured bring it back once we're back with Lost Girl, because let's face it, there's a lot of stuff in Lost Girl that, you know, is not, that is not necessarily obscure, but references to mythology and other things that we're not necessarily, we don't see every day. Unless you watch the Almighty Johnsons, then pretty much all the stuff they mentioned in this show, you've already heard of. So we'll start with Freya. And Freya is the Norse goddess. She's associated with love, sexuality, beauty, fertility, gold, and also war and death. Um, and in the Almighty Johnsons, she is Axel's mother. And if you remember the the group of goddesses from the pilot that you watched, Dave. She was she was like the the head goddess uh-huh. of that group. So, but Frey is not actually Odin's mother. And actually, in some uh, people posit that Freya and Frigga, who is Odin's wife, are actually the same kind of like concept, the same goddess that maybe just got separated out somewhere in time or whatever. Which would then obviously be very uncomfortable in the Almighty Johnsons, as you know. She's, as we said, Axel's mother. Uh, but anyway, um, so she rules over Folkvanger, which is a field for the afterlife. And I think we'd actually talked about this before when we talked about the Valkyries, that when uh, warriors die in battle, half of them go to Valhalla, where Odin rules, and the other half go to Folkvanger, where uh, Freya rules. And I couldn't really find much of anything that, like, kind of said what type of people go which place and everything. Um, but anyway, there you go. Uh, but in, uh, f- so you, you might say, well, in this episode, it was a hotel. It wasn't a big field. And I would say you are right. Um, Sess Rumnir is her hall. Uh, and that is, I guess that's kind of like, I, don't, I never heard anyone say it in the show, but I think that's really what the hotel is supposed to be, is this, uh, the hall of Freya, Sess Rumir, Rumir. But she's, you know, all kind, all kind of things like sexual and sensual, worldly, or kind of right up uh, Freya's alley. So, you know, I'm sure we'll see more of her. And I would say, you know, a theory would posit is that we might see some, steamy sequence involving her as uh, reading up on the goddess she kind of she got into it she liked it she she cool. she liked uh with uh you know anyone and uh wasn't very picky about that and so you know i think we might be seeing that uh the other thing which i just mentioned because i like the thor movies is the bifrost uh, which is this kind of rainbow bridge that goes between asgard and midgard which is our world and it's guarded by heimdallar uh, which in the Thor movies is like that, you know, that the big guy. He's, I think he's blind and everything. Um, why do I bring this up? Uh, no reason at all except they mention it in the show, and it's cool in the Thor movies. And uh, that that's it for Project X. Cool. That was the first I'd ever heard of uh, B Frost. Uh, so, but you gotta watch the Thor movies, dude. You have so yeah, much. To, like, I'm going to put you on assignment this summer. I, I, I hey, I DVR'd it the other night. It's on. It's on. Okay. I've got it. So, all right. Well, listen, we're here to talk about season five, episode one, like hell, part one. And we got the A team here, Wayne, written by Michael Grassi, this season's showrunner, directed by Paolo Barsman. And right off the bat, I mean, there's a lot 
of things that we can just throw out there at the beginning and then maybe touch on them as we go into the discussion. And, you know, very often most TV shows and Lost Girls, certainly one of them, usually contain more than one storyline and that sometimes they're the, the two or three intersect. Sometimes they don't in that particular episode. But, you know, here was really difficult. It was just kind of one big storyline. I mean, we did have Dyson and Lauren, uh, you know, back in their realm trying to come to Valhalla, but it was really all part of the same story. So number one, the one thing we've all anticipated is what was going to happen with Kenzie. And we didn't have to wait too long for that. But the interesting thing is that if you looked at the credits, she was listed at the end as special guest star. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure what we make of that yeah, yet. Well, I mean, it doesn't seem like it, it, it abodes well for her being back as a regular in the living world. Right. And we'll maybe readdress this when we get to the end of the episode here. Uh, now, secondly, you know, you mentioned in, in Project X a lot of the Norse mythology, and it seems to be trending that way for what we're dealing with here. Valhalla houses the fallen heroes, warriors, and you kind of alluded to whether, you know, whether they get sent up or down. But it, it almost I got the idea that that here that the ones they sent down were ones that maybe didn't deserve to be there in the first place. That right. Because were... only warriors either either place, uh, you know, Valhalla or Fulfanger, they're both just for warriors, for people who fall in battle. And that's why, you know, Kenzie was getting the royal treatment there. Right. Because she she went out like a boss. Yeah, absolutely. And now the other interesting thing you mentioned about you know, Valhalla being, you know, a field or, or whatever. And in this case, it's a you know, five-star hotel doesn't even seem to, to, to be enough here, but it also reminded me a little bit of a train station, a very elaborate train station, perhaps because of the clock, which seemed to always be at 12 o'clock. Hmm. I'm sure there's significance there. I haven't figured it out yet though. Yeah. We might, have, you know, they might have to come up later to really uh, catch the significance of that. Well, why don't we just go ahead and get into okay. the episode and the opening scene? I guess uh, Showcase Network's never heard of product placement because we see Bo climbing up the face of a rock formation that, you know, I guess appears to be in the U.S., Grand Canyon, Colorado, Utah, Nevada. I don't really know Canada geography that well. Some so place that's very where, rocky. Yeah. Um, Not a place at all where you think people are doing a lot of hunting. No, and she's climbing. There were a lot of shots of her shoes, and I kept thinking, like, okay, what they couldn't get a deal with, you know, New Balance or Reebok or I, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, I shopped it out there, and the people were like, uh, "What show is this?" Yeah. So she finally reaches the top, and we realize that she's gone there to retrieve the second hell shoe. Now, I, I guess we don't really know how she discovered the location, do we? Um. No, I, 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 isn't there some kind of suggestion that um, Tamsin kind of, you know, let out the cat out of the bag, so to speak? Or? Oh, I think you're right. Yes. On her descent, she's got the, you know, it's in some kind of nest up at the top and, and she gets it. And on her descent, she loses her grip. And I'm almost, you know, for a second, I think the first time I watched it, I thought, you know, did she just kind of lose her grip and then just let go figuring, yeah, you know, it might be rough what, for a minute, but I'll hell? heal. <laughs> and uh so she falls and look number one the the special effects were not the greatest in this opening scene i mean this was clearly you know she shot against a green screen right. and you know but i don't want to be too critical because when we get to the bottom and she's unconscious lying on the ground with a huge chunk of her arm missing that was pretty freaking cool. That was awesome. That makeup there was fantastic. Oh my gosh. That and makes up for anything. It, it, on, on it the totally opening. did because yeah, I was definitely not impressed by the obvious green screen quality of the, the opening sequence. But then after she falls and she's that big wound on her arm, I mean, that was just cool. Yes. I mean, oh. it's not cool because it's gross. It's really, oh no, but, it was you know, cool. It's just <laughs> awesome that, you know, that that's, they did that, you know. All right. So we get these three backwoods, derelict hunter types and and you had mentioned when we talked earlier about you know what the heck are hunters doing at the bottom of the grand canyon or wherever they are 
but they are clearly intent on taking her back to wherever it is they live and sexually abusing her. And, you know, look, I mean, we're, we're fairly certain that at some point she's going to be able to overpower them. I didn't expect it to be this quick, but she begins sucking the chi out of one and then all three. And, and we haven't really seen her. There was that one scene, I forget which episode, where she was taking the chi from multiple people. So she gets it from all three and stomps on the guy's nuts as they're walking out. And it's like, okay, that's the bow we know and love. Right. And, you know, and also that very dark part of her, right? Yeah. Um, Because only dark fae feed off of, um, of humans. And so, you know, here it is. Yeah, and uh, she is, after all, dark, at least at this point. Sure, so, sure. She is dark, but like, you know, like as the poem says, um, but you know, this is full-on dark fake stuff right yeah. here. Yeah, so, all right, look, the main storyline is all about Bo going to Valhalla to rescue Kenzie, and obviously we've all known that this was going to be the storyline for this season, or, or certainly at least in the first few episodes. So I, I love it. Bo comes in, she goes up to the fireplace where we saw her back in the pilot. That's where she would keep all her different driver's licenses with her different identities hidden. And whatever she had up there, which we learned was the hell shoe is gone. And Tamsin's her new roommate. She's hidden it. And she's just kind of out of it. Tamsin that is. Yeah. She's got like a you know big bulky sweater on. She looks like she's just kind of, uh, slumming it on the couch and letting herself go a little bit yeah and on the one hand she really does look attractive but on the other hand like you said just kind of letting herself go i mean you know got the trash tv i don't know if it was ice cream she's eating at this point but bo's trying to get her to you know help her come to valhalla i mean you know valhalla and she tells her she can't go because she'll never come back and now things turn serious and she's pleading with bo not to go and then that whole thing about hearing Tamsin screaming in her sleep, uh, again, I guess not sure exactly what that's about, just maybe the fear that Bo is going to try to go there. I mean, we know throughout her many incarnations, I mean, Tamsin, the one thing that's kind of been a constant is that, you know, Valkyrie's job is is pretty rough. Yeah. And uh, it takes its its toll on you. And, and I think she's kind of suffering that a little bit too especially after um you know something that's going on with her taking kenzie's uh soul to valhalla it really seems to have a major major effect on her yeah and and that's bo's primary concern that what happened when you did that And, and obviously that's our concern although you know later on the episode i guess we didn't need to be concerned but as one of them i guess it's bo says is this heaven it's like no it's iowa I felt like yeah, waiting for one right, of them to say that. Cool if they said that. Yeah, because there were some other cheesy lines. So they might might as well have used that one. But uh, uh, so Bo wants Tamson to come with her. You're the only one that can help. She tells her, and you know Tamson's hidden the other shoe, and she won't give it or give its ident- uh, give its location at, at this point. You know she goes through. Well, it belongs to the Unamens. Uh, they're dead. Next, <laughs> and she says, uh, "Well, I gave it to who." who's next in charge, which we later learn is the blood King and he's got it. Uh, and the wolf man. Yes. And the wolf man. So, uh, Bo goes to the doll, drops the shoe on the bar, demands the other shoe from trick. And, you know, then Dyson, that, that thing it's like, we'll do whatever we can on this side to ensure your safe return. I mean, when did Dyson, when, when did he become afraid to travel to another dimension or to another realm? Uh, you or, know, in or, fact, he does at the end. Right when when he goes with Lauren, yes, or or, or when he he goes with Lauren, I guess he's, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I didn't really get that, and you know, she goes through that whole thing about you know doing it for me, or or you know, is it because you pledged your fealty to me? And no, no, it's because I love Kenzie just like all of us. But Trick gives in, gives her the shoe for the worthy hero, and I'm wondering, is he referring to Bo or Kenzie? I guess Kenzie. Yeah, it could be either, though. Yeah. But and I think, you know, it, it seems like he meant, I think he meant Bo at that point. See, I, I guess if you had to make me pick, I would say he meant Kenzie. Yeah. But but he's always been a little unsure of, I think, how he viewed Kenzie. 
I mean, I think he, I, I'm not sure he loved Kenzie in the way that the rest of them do. I think he respects her and what she's done, but at the end of the day, she's human. Right. So right. I, I'm, I'm going to go. Yeah. I don't want to pick. I, I, <laughs> All right, so we see Lauren, and she's working at the Marquee Medical Clinic, which I guess is the Dark Fay Hospital. I, yeah, I believe so, yeah. You know, uh, which was pretty cool. Although we don't really know necessarily whether it's dark, light, or both, but because of her connection you know, with the dark, we assume it's that. And shoes in hand, Bo comes in to see Lauren for help. Does she always have to be that impulsive? Um, well, in this case, she certainly does. Yeah, like 30 minutes. She couldn't, like, she waited the time it took her to walk to the hospital. You know, she like, didn't even wait 30 seconds. That's another after. 30 minutes. So, yeah, she just put them right on and bam, she's gone. And, and she goes through that whole thing that, that she's worried she'll become possessed, as happened in the 1890s uh, episode, La Fea Pac. And, you know, I, I did like, though, when she, when she grabs Lauren's throat. Oh, yeah. Lauren's like, right. oh, just just kidding. Just and, kidding. And, uh, yeah. And so <laughs> like, they had what's me for that a second. all about, man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I was just thinking that it it's just way too early in the episode to be going there already, you know. So You mean uh, with the grab in the throat? Yeah, you know? that that for her to like really turn, especially since they did that you know last season. Um so yeah, I, I wasn't I wasn't buying it. But okay. it, it was funny though. Yeah. Um, well, Bo puts the shoes on immediately, and uh, it was pretty cool. You know, the the you know where they just gradually disappear, they get tighter, and then boom, she disappears, and finds herself in the lobby of this grand hotel. Uh, and like we said, the clock reads twelve. We figure out pretty quickly as does she that she's in Valhalla, and as she's attempting to regain her bearings, this woman holding a clipboard walks by, and and. Uh, mistakes Bo for the florist. You know, she says, I'm surprised they have flowers in hell. And she's told, I'm the only one allowed to call it hell. Now, is that, now Freya is male or female? Female. That's her. Okay. And that's Freya. Yeah. So. The lady. Okay. The, but we don't know that. Yeah. They don't, they don't drop that name till very late in the episode. Right. And uh, once she realizes Bo's not the florist, then why were you fondling my flower? Uh, it's just almost too easy. Yeah, and Bo even acknowledges yeah. that. And and look, I, I don't know. It, I mean, it didn't ruin it for me or anything, but it just, I don't know. It wasn't necessary. I mean, this was a serious episode. Yeah, and, and but you know. I know. Lost Girl relief. never really takes itself that seriously, and they're always going to throw in goofy lines like that. So you, you should be used to it by now. Okay. Now, what's the deal? Bo is like clearly making a point of not giving anyone her name. Right, because she's not supposed to be there. Okay. And she saw uh, what happens, right, to the one lady uh, who kind of gets that, that black hole opens up behind her and she goes down it. Um, right. Well, she she's referred to as a stray. Right. So, I mean, are, are we to believe that souls can just get there on their own or that you know like like the one that that tamson brought that guy that was dying and they thought they were somehow going to get over on freya uh you know are, are they just unworthy souls that were brought by mistake or you know brought by uh poor performing valkyrie or what right. it could be a, a, any any one of those uh reasons but yeah for, for some reason uh undesirables are able to uh gain admittance to um, to in this case Valhalla. Yeah. Now the other interesting thing is the suck you touch doesn't always work, does it? Uh, no, done down here. Yeah, it certainly didn't work on Freya, and it. I don't think it worked. Oh, it didn't work on Stacy either, her assistant. Right. Who uh, we at first we thought it was, and then she was like, "You're a succubus." Okay, good for you. Now I guess it does work on the maid, who right. she sees and then steals her uniform and sets out to find uh, Kenzie. You know, I guess that was a nice touch. But uh, so now we're back to Lauren and she's going to Bo's place, finds Tamsin still lying on the couch, watching trash TV. And I guess we we have the scene where she throws something at the TV, Tamsin, that is. And then it's like demands she tell her everything she knows about the inner realm. And she tells her, eat a sack of tits. Eat a sack of tits. Which I've is, never heard that one I've before. I've never heard that one either. I'm not, but yeah, I maybe Tamsin is still maturing and she's still in her, maybe her late teens now and everything. So, okay. 
Okay. I don't know. But, but just uh, that was not a. We would not call that a zinger. Yeah, but you know what? I, I really did like Lauren's comeback, which is that you know you claim to be part of this group, but I don't see the commitment on your end. And I mean, it, it's it really is true that we really do, and I think it comes out a lot in this episode because I, I think to a large extent this episode was about Tamson's struggle as well as Bo's and Kenzie's, she really hasn't made that full commitment. I mean, she's there, but just not quite. And, you know, Lauren nails it. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, seeing Tamsin, and we know what she's done and what she did last season, and we feel that, you know, that that she's kind of had it rough pretty recently and uh, maybe cut her a little slack here. That she's, you know, I just kind of went with she's going through a really rough time, especially losing Kenzie, I think was really kind of traumatic for her. Yeah, oh, I agree, and and but we also learn that there really is a pretty staunch Valkyrie code of silence that should she give in, and and Trick explains that at one point that it would have been a pretty serious offense. She does the next best thing, which is to keep a diary which she's got hidden in the cushion, and of course she just slices it open with a knife, which sort of horrifies Lauren, yeah. but uh, at the same time she gives it to it. Uh, gives it to her and she says if they find out this exists i'm dead and and i assume she means literally dead and in this case dead will be dead yeah it's well is dead 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 we never know but yeah. uh yeah it, it seems like semantics like oh i can't tell you but i've written it all down here and so you can just read it here i don't know it just seems no like- no you're right um, but either way, I, I, I like how they did it and it was, it was just cool seeing the drawings and, and some of them were pretty horrifying and, and pretty frightening. And I, I guess allow us to get inside of the head a little bit of Tamsin. Exactly. And, and therein is exactly why it's better that her thoughts are written in the book than her just telling him, because you really do see more into her mindset by looking at the book. Right. And, you know, she tells Lauren she can't go to Valhalla without a soul. And, you know, Lauren brings up the guy that's dying, breathing fire and all that. So, you know, we see that's what's going to happen down the down the line. And it is, of course, what does happen. Now, we go back to Valhalla and now in a maid's uniform, Bo boards the elevator. And I love it. The buttons, each square had 49, seven rows of seven. I'm not sure if that's significant for any reason. Um, Those are magical numbers. And they were they all had numbers, but it wasn't like the number to the right of one number had any kind of they were just random all over the place. So it looked like she smelled the buttons of that one. Yeah, she she smelled it for chocolate. Okay, is and that she what it knew was? That was? Kenzie Prince, she called it. Oh, okay, all right. Because I was going to say I wasn't sure how she decided which button to push, and, yeah. and okay, that makes sense now. And then she swipes. The, I guess it's the maid's card to get the elevator going. So she goes in, finds Kenzie wearing a black couture dress, sitting on the floor eating chocolate, dipping the chocolate in chocolate. It's. It, I mean, it's a beautiful room, and I guess we're not sure because of the terms they left each other on now granted uh you know kenzie did realize that she was Bo's heart and that's why she made the sacrifice but you know even before that we had the whole thing unclaim me and and you know felt like Bo was really uh distant and you know to a certain extent she was but you know it's like two old friends that haven't seen each other in years and it doesn't matter what's happened in the interim they just embrace each other and it was awesome yeah it was it was really good uh reuniting here and you know they could have gone like some bitterness there, especially Kenzie still bitter about Bo not saving Hale and things like that. But it wasn't like that. It was like you said, you know, two old friends who uh, are seeing each other again, and really two people who've been, or at least Bo, who's been really has devoted herself uh, in this time to figure out a way to get to Kenzie, and had gone through significant struggles in order to do that. Yeah, because, I mean, uh, Bo is the one that brings up Hale and, and apologizing for not saving him. It's not her. She's, I don't want to say she's fine with it, but, but I mean, the first thing, it's like, you came, and, and Bo's like, well, you don't look dead. I don't feel dead. Hey, try this waffle. And, and Bo takes a bite. Mmm, this is good. Yeah. And, and, you know, they keep setting the scene. But, you know, when you think about what we've learned about Valhalla as this 
home for the dead warriors, why would it not be a glorious place? Why would it not be heaven-like? Absolutely. If you earned your way to be there, then I mean that's the whole idea that by you know by being a great warrior and and dying a glorious death, you're rewarded in the afterlife. And so yeah, yeah absolutely. What well, Kenzie should definitely be rewarded for how she uh, how she died. Right. And there is the obviously one of the fundamental conflicts of this episode. You know, she says it's been five star everything. Since I got here, and apparently I'm hosting a party. They keep sending me dresses in my exact size. At the same time, she wants Bo to get her out of Valhalla, but she doesn't really seem like she's in all that much of a hurry. And heck, it's uh, it's clearly understandable why. Yeah, definitely. And but you, at this point, I kind of see what's going on here. I'm like, oh, it, it really looks like they're setting it up that she's not going to want to leave. That she's going right. to want to stay here ultimately and there is the the exit for for casino solo which i mean not that we want that but you know i mean it does seem like that that's the way that they're going yeah now you know back at the doll with uh trick dyson and lauren who's brought tamson's diary with her and and, and again that's where trick kind of lays it out there that a valkyrie's blood is bound by secrecy uh, and, and it gives her and obviously the audience the rundown that souls are assigned to different realms. In her journal, she comments upon the hell shoes, which we find out allow a non-Valkyrie to enter Valhalla. And we learn about the beef roast because Trick's hungry. Another bad <laughs> joke. Um, and But we learn, as you said, it connects the different realms, uh, uh, sort of you, you used the phrase rainbow bridge. And Trick also uses the word teleport. You know, you say tomato, I say tomato, you know, it's all the same thing. Yeah, well, I just think it's just just cool the whole, again, in the more sci-fi-ish. But the the big thing here is we find out that this allows the wearer to collect dark souls to assemble a dark army, the army to end all life. We're going to get to it in a minute, but and it seems to me we've talked about this before. Is Odin her father? Yeah, you know, I'm really have some strong feelings that it is uh, here with, you know, obviously with the the Norse mythology and Freya and Odin being like kind of the co-runners of the afterlife. uh, We don't meet Odin, but there's someone who is very important and very powerful who keeps calling on the phone. And, you know, like we started speculating on that last season, I'm. Right. I mean, clearly, who's ever on the other side of the phone is the one in charge. And as far as I know, Odin is in charge of Valhalla. And, you know, clearly, Bo thinks that it's her father on the other end of that phone. So, I mean, obviously, they're going to probably play with us for a little while before giving us an answer. But, you know, this whole idea yeah, of this. Yeah, because I mean, the whole season. Well, well, right. And, and because, you know, this whole idea of the dark army and, you know, the, 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 final the final battle right the the battle to end the world is what we're talking about here i uh, know lauren's got the lock of tamson's hair and she suspects that's going to allow her and dyson to get to the gates of valhalla and and of course it eventually does now mention that tamson she's referred to as i can't remember whether it was stacy or freya the valkyrie with an extra seven lives as a result of a deal with the Blood King, what what was the deal? Right. I, I don't remember, but we, but we do know that this is her last life. It, that, at least that's what she said on multiple occasions. And apparently, you know, she's gone back. I mean, she didn't want to go back, and, and she even makes that that comment that it's not what Valhalla does to me; it's what I do when I'm in Valhalla. Right. And and. I'm not sure exactly what she means by that. I mean, we know she brings souls there, but that would seem to be a noble enterprise. So there, there's clearly something else that that's really exactly. You know, and this is the whole, you know, what's bothering Tamsin here. What, what's what's up with with Tamsin? I mean, that's the whole thing. Is that there's there's something going on here that is uh, that's pretty bad. And, and the fact that she brought Rainer, right? I mean, that was obviously the source of a lot of the problems is that she did not bring Rainer's soul when she was supposed to. And I guess that was the deal with Trick that, that uh, because, you know, Rainer didn't bow down and, and listen to him. But apparently that wasn't enough to make amends with your sisters. And we find that 
despite that, she still brings up to uh, mistress uh, Freya, the mother of Valkyries, the notion of liberation. And she's intrigued. And we learn that it's a fae and a human. Now, is it Bo and Kenzie? Or is that the fae and the human that she wants to liberate? Because she didn't bring Bo's soul there. Right. So is it Hale and Kenzie? Yeah, that that seems more likely, maybe. Okay. Yeah. I just uh, like that that uh, Valhalla is, there's like this cattiness there, like even among the Valkyries, you know. It's yeah. Like, this kind of you know bitchiness uh, a little bit if you know, excuse the, the the saying but uh you know, it's it's just very funny okay well yeah. not very funny but it was you know clever i like how they did that right now you know kenzie has this whole idea that whoever's calling from the other end of the blue glowing phone you know she talks about you know like like the the breathing guy and all of that but if we assume that it's bo's father which it certainly seems likely that what he just keeps what calling to check to see if she's there yet, I guess. Yeah, or you know, maybe he he's just calling to say I love you. Yeah, well, although we would think he'd be all knowing, and we he would know that if, if Bo was there yet, but you know, maybe yeah, not. Well, yeah, I mean, they always have to have some kind of creepy like that. You know, before it was the you know uh, season three is playing the Wanderer all the time and hearing that song everywhere, and so there's it's just kind of. Uh, that that ominous phone ringing is adds a little creep factor to it. That that actually I kind of liked. Yeah. Oh no. Oh, I did too. Also, and and the phone was really ominous looking. The ring it had was just just creepy enough. Um, but we get a great scene of Bo and Kenzie eating and drinking on her bed, having a great time, rebonding. The, you know, the knock on the door, and she finds that envelope that's got that photo of her and Kale that. She, her and Hale, that she says she tore up and that this was the only copy. Uh, he's written on the back, see you soon, little mama. And then Bo notices that the party she's hosting is actually her wedding to Hale. And it was really, again, interesting to see how she was going to react to that. And at first, I guess I thought she was going to just be freaked out by it. And she was to a certain extent. Yeah, well, yeah, who wouldn't, right? Right. But now the principal conflict arises, right? Kenzie's not in hell as we know it, right? She's now got a choice to make, stay in Valhalla and marry Hale or leave with Bo and return to the living. Right. Right? Yes. And I really liked Bo's approach that it really was somebody that, you know, on the one hand, you know, did not want to leave her best friend behind again Uh but on the other hand she thought of someone other than herself and look you deserve to be happy right she says i'd do anything to see him again and bo tells her that you know she needs to find out kenzie asks bo to come to the wedding and then it's that you know that whole line about well maybe this is heaven and yeah it is yeah right i mean yeah as far as norse mythology goes well if anything we'll make heaven a place on earth dave Right. Now, uh, Tamsin, we find out she's got to, she's been tasked to bring Bo, right? I mean, that the, the, the guy she thought was the wanderer turns out to be somebody far worse, far darker, far more powerful. Right. And again, whether it's Bo's father, who is Odin, or who is somebody else, uh, now she's back on that task. She answers the blue glowing phone, and then you, you alluded to the poem. Eyes both brown and blue, virtuous yet lustful, heart both strong and gentle, neither dark nor light, yet both. She is yours, right? That that I guess, you know, I'm going to deliver her this time. Or she is yours like she is your daughter or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's definitely like, you know, like she said it with an evil kind of look on her face. So Yeah, well, and speaking of that evil look, we did get the obligatory shining Right, uh, homage. Which that, was, yeah, that was that was great. You can't turn away a shining homage. Now we do find out that Hale is supposedly on his way from another realm, but uh, the beef roast can be hell at certain times. So uh, you know he might be late or intercepted. Which what does that mean? So uh, again, yeah. it's just kind of an inference that that he's not going to be showing up, and and I guess we're still not sure whether that was actually Hale standing there. 
Right, because yeah, with the the room is kind of suffuse in that golden light there that we don't at all. We're not. I thought it was going to be, you know, the whoever's looking for Bo, yeah, her dad, whatever. Right now, I'm not big on fight scenes, as I've said many times, but it was a pretty good fight scene between Tamson and between Tamson and Bo. I'm here to take you in, and then you know the whole to who, and then Bo. I don't know if it's like she suck you touches her or if it's yeah. just uh, whatever it was, it calms her down. It's like, what is she, uh, she like, she touches her like around the neck and then all of a sudden that just seems to chill her right out. Yeah. And I also half expected to see like a white handprint on Tamsin's neck, but yeah. uh, we, we but don't see that. It's like she really grabbed her. She just kind of touched her around the neck and yeah. I don't know. And, and she asked her, what has this place done to you? And she says, it's, it's what I do here. And, and so clearly she's, she's holding a lot of guilt about something. And, you know, we do hear from Freya that she's apparently made a lot of deals over the years, Tamsin that is. So maybe she's made a lot of these kind of deals that she's not followed through on. Maybe she's pissed a lot of people off. And that now on her last life, she's finally found what she considers to be a family and it's it's just all hitting her really really hard yeah and bo tells her you know what one more strike and you're out this is my last life i don't want to live it without you and then you know of course the phone rings again she explains that it's the man who hired her and all that he wants you bo and you know so for whatever reason yeah yeah right but right, well, again, like that, I, I like that. They just keeping that that mystery and, and that ominousness and uh, that uncertainty is uh, really kind of it's it's compelling, you know. Like whenever you do it, when that, when it's done right, it can really drive a, a you know a story. Yeah, and I think it was done so right in this episode. You know, yeah, because yeah, I mean, yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's been something we've been talking about for months, and yet. Even though they didn't give it to us, I love the way they didn't give it to us. You know, they gave us something, but now if they're still doing this on episode fifteen, then we got a problem. But right. yeah, yeah, it can right. it can be overdone. Yeah. Now uh, we're at the wedding venue. Bo and Kenzie walk in, gorgeous dress. Yep. Yeah. Uh, perhaps nice. a little risque, but you know what? You only get married in the afterlife once, so. You might as well do it right. And then, you know, we get the apology for not saving Hale. And, and uh, you know, it was my turn to save you. And then it was really great when Bo brings up the whole, I, the, the whole thing that, you know, you saved my life so many times. It wasn't just that when you walked into hell for me. You know, there were many other times. And I guess it's just ironic that Kenzie doesn't realize it. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's always been kind of like Kenzie's like business as usual type thing. I mean, that's that's what I do. I help Bo out. I save Bo. You know, yeah. Um, and in all fairness, Bo saved Kenzie lots of times. So it's like I'm not, I'm not sure you should feel too bad about it, Bo. You know, you kind of both have helped each other out. You've had a nice symbiotic relationship going. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they're they're doing the whole walk down the aisle thing, and then suddenly Bo senses something. Tells Kenzie she needs to walk ahead to check things out calls out hail everything flashes white and then it's like just his hat is on the floor among the flower petals and and then uh freya says i sent him back and i guess we're not really sure whether he was ever really there i mean maybe he was i mean yeah yeah i i wrote in my notes i said dude staying there is definitely not hail so it's not i couldn't really tell that but just i either Either he didn't look right, or I just is like they're they're definitely this isn't going to happen right now. They're not going to get married. He's not going to be there, right? And you know, while there's certainly no reason to think that Hale would not go to Valhalla, I mean, he did die a, a, a valiant death. I mean, whether it was a warrior's death, I guess, would be open to your interpretation. But uh, you know, he certainly was trying to protect Kenzie. And he was really, uh, you know, literally and figuratively stabbed in the back. Right. Um, you know, in about as cowardly a fashion as you can can have. But then the mistress says, and I, I, I 
you know, didn't have the luxury of closed captioning, which is an awesome tool to have. It sounded like you walked into the Sinback, closed the door to hell. And I'm not sure exactly, you know, what the beginning was, but, but I, I guess we get the, the salient part of it was that Kenzie closed the door to hell. Well, isn't that a good thing? Right. Or is it a bad thing in that? They, they spent the whole it, season trying to do that in Supernatural. So Okay. I mean, I guess you could certainly see it as a bad thing because then you can't send people that deserve to go there right. there. And and maybe yeah. that's going to be part of the uh, upcoming storyline. Now, Tamsin brought your soul here, but you had already promised yourself to another after Realm, and you belong to him. And, and again, I guess I'm not sure exactly what the heck we're talking about here. Uh, this this is the part I just like ah, I don't know what's going on. Tail yeah, I mean it was, seems like he was there and then he's not there. I don't know why, and it's very frustrating. Right, and you know we we find out that the Valkyrie are big accountants, and the books have to be balanced. Bo offers herself in Kenzie's place, and, and even says, you know, this was my father's plan all along. He knew I would come to rescue Kenzie, and and of course we assume that's true. And then Tamsin rushes in, and you know her plan is that you know some kind of rule that that because. Bo had claimed Kenzie. They couldn't be separated, but of course, she unclaimed her, right? And couldn't claim her back fast enough, and all yeah, of just that. Just missed the deadline, right? And then, bottom line: Do you want to stay or do you want to go to Kenzie? And Kenzie says, "I want to go back. It's not my time." Right? Kenzie's taken away. Bo is sent through that black hole with little fiery things on the edges yeah. which we don't know where that is i don't know where that's going uh kenzie will be returned to her body and and at that point we're wondering well what does that exactly mean although we do find out in the closing scene yeah tamsin's being held by a couple of guards being harangued by stacy um what does freya hate more than anything unbalanced books and with kenzie sent back they're down a soul so who's Going to take Kenzie's place, Bo, I guess. I don't uh, know. But they just said Bo somewhere, didn't they? Yeah. So so can that even happen? I don't know. Now, uh, the closing scene, uh, standing in front of this graffiti emblazoned wall, Lauren's reading an incantation. Yeah, that's she- where they found uh, Tamsin at the end of last season, right? I, I thought it looked familiar. Yeah. yeah. And they're trying to find the gates of Valhalla, which they do. Dyson opens the gates. The two of them walk in. uh, And then suddenly, Lauren's got the Valkyrie black eyes and speaks this whole, upon blessed wings, our legions carry forth human soul back to her body as requested by our leader. And you, Wolf, have trespassed on forbidden territory. And then she, like, faints, and Dyson catches her and all that. Tamsin's hair falls to the ground, burns away. And they both, I'm not sure if one of them says the words, but they both, clearly they know Kenzie's back. But the final, final scene, what do you make of that? Well, it is definitely an homage to the movie The Vanishing. Um, but yeah, that's that's bad. Bad, bad, bad. But luckily, she seemed to have a very roomy coffin. Well, she lights a match, which was something new. Right. And we see that she's alive in a closed coffin. Um, Bo's in the elevator again. You want me? Here I come. But then the question is, okay, fine. She's alive in the coffin. Where's the coffin? And well, I'm guessing it's it's in the ground. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where where else would it be? Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, you, you know, I've obviously said many times, um, you know, I, I give writers a lot of credit when they're willing to kill a major character. And as much as I love Kenzie, I mean, who doesn't love Kenzie? Um, right. I would I would be OK if this is it. Although I, I, I was ah, she ain't going out like that, man. I, I know it's such a gruesome way to go that. She, that yeah, I, I agree that that that's that can't be it. But then. You know, the whole thing, special guest star at the end. Is that just a tease? Is that just to throw us off? I, you know what? I don't know. I don't care. I love it. All right. Well, let's hear, let's let's throw out some predictions here. Then. Okay. Yeah. My, I'm thinking next episode, 
is going to be again coming go saving her but bringing her back somehow ends up she's going to end up back in Valhalla with Hale I think they're going to you know tie off those two characters I don't want to see her go but it just seems like that's the way they're going and uh so you know we want to see Kenzie because she's never really been happy I mean, and we've we've said how the only time she was with a dude was oh I can't remember with Nate Nate yeah, yeah. Nate and he was annoying um, and so you know so we were kind of psyched when she started getting together with Hale or at least those who the shippers were um, and and that you know got really snatched from her hand and so we just want to see her have a resolved happy ending you know with well, maybe with hale in in valhalla where she's going to be finally happy that would be nice well right and i mean it's a choice i think she's going to have to make and i think somebody's all somebody else is going to have to cut a deal so that she can get from the coffin back to valhalla well she does have that knife too so you know that's there's something she could do there yeah, I guess. Uh, I'm not sure how she'll cut her way out. Uh, we'll see. Do you, do, like, do you ever see uh, like Kill Bill? I have not. Oh, believe okay. it or not, I know. Because there's a, the the one spoiler alert, but you know, like the one she uh, she gets buried alive, Uma Thurman, and she just like does this super karate chop that she drives her hand right up through the ground. And she pops out of the ground. Nice. Yeah, but I don't know if Kenzie's gonna. Do that. I don't know if she's got the super karate chop in her in her repertoire. Yeah, I think that would be a tall order. I mean, she's a resourceful girl, but, uh, you know, six feet down, that that's going to be a lot. But, yeah. you know, uh, where's Bo? Uh, I'm not going to be surprised if we finally see Bo. I mean, look, she's been sent to another realm, another plane. Um, has she been sent to hell? Is I, I If her father's Odin, I didn't know Odin was bad. I thought Odin was rather noble, but... Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, well, I think the Norse gods are, by and large, are kind of they're 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 not. They're both light and dark. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think so. um, Yeah, Odin has his his moments as well. He's not always like the the great guy and everything. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, the other interesting thing is that all the characters are kind of split up, right? You've got Dyson, right. Trick, and Lauren back in the land of the living. Uh, you've got, you know, uh, well, Tamsin still in Valhalla. And yeah. then, of course, Bo, we have no idea where she's gone. Yeah. There's a lot of threads they, they got out there. So, right. And, and Kenzie and Hale. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I'd like to see them reunited. I think that would be a nice touch. Um, send her and him on, you know, on their way to a happy life, and then we'll just get on with some of the new characters. Right. You know. Yeah. So, anyway, anything else you want to? No. Okay. No. Um, yeah, I I thought a really strong episode. I mean that that you know for a show that's got. It's final season. They've got 16 episodes. They've got plenty of time to tell whatever story they want to tell to bring this this uh, awesome show to a close. And, and boy, man, they, they were out of the gates in a hurry. So, yeah. all right. Yeah. Well, we want to thank you guys for joining us tonight. If you'd like to send some feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Emails to fatalistpodcast at gmail.com or voicemails via SpeakPipe, which you can access through the Fatalist website. And we will be back next week to talk about Lost Girl Season 5, Episode 2, Like Hell, Part 2. But until next time. You know, Dave, if you want to play Stalker from the Bodyguard, try Whitney's Room. <laughs>